Welcome to the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast, the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas with your host, Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton. And we're back with the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast. This is episode 175. 175. I'm your host, Josh Shelton, my friend and co-host, Ryan Ray. Ryan, it actually is episode 175, so uh, we're off to a good start this week. <laughs> and uh, We broke 300,000 downloads, so um, let's see here. I don't know if I have the exact number, but I know we broke 300,000, uh, 300,001 and some change. So there we are. We broke 300,000. Broke it pretty fast, too. We, our numbers are... Our numbers are kind of up right now. So anyway, so that's exciting. So thank you, everyone. Well, where's the where's the contract from Spotify? Uh, as we're putting up Rogan numbers. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think they've got to deal with if they're gonna keep Rogan on their platform or not, right? <laughs> did you see that news? I did. I did. Yeah, the people are mad because he's posting stuff. They want him to fact check him or censor well, him or. Okay, so re- re- just real quick, you know, our show is on Spotify. We're on Spotify. Our heart. Apple, Overcast, uh, Google, we're on everywhere that we can be on. So I would presume that pre-Rogan signing with Spotify, his show was available on Spotify too. Like it's not a, he's just going exclusively on Spotify, right? So uh, before he signed the deal with what, three, four months ago, his show was on Spotify. Why didn't they protest then? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I get now that you're you're paying him, it's exclusive, it's a little bit different, but there's my, my larger point is is there's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of shows that are on Spotify right now that have all kinds of crazy conspiracy theories or whatever that are far crazier than what Joe's saying. Um and I'm you know I'm not saying that Joe's saying anything crazy, I'm just saying there's just a wider spectrum on there. And so um and you know, as Joe said, you know, go listen to some of the music on your on your platform. <laughs> you know, some of the lyrics and what they're saying, and then come back and talk to me. I thought that was a Interesting point. So yeah, once they get Joe, you know, they gotta do it with the small shows first, get him kind of cleared out the way, then they'll make room for the large shows to come in. So uh go and get that go get those small issues handled. So um I well, think Spotify that they need to have the structural integrity to start directing international affairs, you know, and energy policy. So yeah, uh, yeah. And uh and I will say speaking of energy policy, Josh, um I'm holding making government work right here um i have jackie daly coming on the war inside the war room this week talking about her chapter inside the book which is titled our energy future and 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 to my right over here i've got a copy of drw's book which i will be giving away an autograph copy of his book this week so if you're signed up a paying member no no you can't be a free one a paying member we will be giving away a copy of drw's book signed and a copy of Making government work um, with Jackie from the Jackie Daily Show. So two free books this week. So, anyways, I'll link to that in the show notes. Awesome. Well, uh, kicking things off this week, um, it would have it that uh, one of the one of the articles that uh, that was up this week is that Texas oil well sites view pollution for ten months. Uh, this is from MRT, and the article. Um, it goes to uh, several things. One of the things is uh, several companies are abandoning some of these wells and they're financially incapable of plugging them. And so some of them they're saying are leaking and causing these methane uh, emissions to increase. So uh, it's uh, one of those times, you, you ever heard of the phrase, kick a man while he's down, right? Uh, 
these these companies are uh, are are not holding back. Uh, people are struggling, and now they're trying to hit them with uh, methane emissions. And Texas Railroad Commission's getting reports, and so um, not yeah. a not a good look. Well, so ironically enough, this is I know who this person is. I don't know her personally, but I know who she is. I've seen her on Twitter before. Um, I will not give out her name. She blocked Nate for mansplaining to her. <laughs> I think she was, this is back when COVID was going on and she was like, there's a 300% increase or something. You know, remember when they like, you know, a county that had like one COVID positive test would have like three and they would just blow up the percentages and surge numbers. You remember that narrative? Like in, I think in early June, Yeah, uh, you know, they were trying to use that. And so Nate was on there trying to explain to her how statistics works <laughs> She got he blocked him for translating to her. <laughs> Anyways, um, so I know who she is, and let me just tell you, there's a picture of her on her Twitter profile. In this picture, what do you think? Give me a few possible items that might be in this picture. Biden. No, 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 no. It's, it, there's no no political um, stuff. Oh. It's just there's objects. Um, there's a car. And there's vegan, a vegan, <laughs> vegan leather seats, probably. I can't see. There's a car and a very expensive camera. Now, I don't know what kind of car she has. Maybe it's vegan leather, but I'm assuming that the car has a ton of plastic. The camera's got plastic all on it. So here is a woman who literally wants to end the oil and gas industry by using what we what we create to end us and has probably no self-awareness of the irony of what she's doing. And her whole, whole deal is um making methane you know pollution visible that's kind of her little deal and so i'm not saying she's right or wrong here i'm saying that she you know just like everyone she's a a um a biased person and so you have to keep keep that in consideration and so uh, i've seen some of her stuff before we've asked her to come on the show i don't think she'll come on the show but uh, she's welcome to come on it'd be nice to her as always um but anyways so I, i don't know josh it's one of those things well okay is it leaking? Maybe it's leaking. Who's monitoring it? Who's responsible for monitoring it? You know, um, those are questions that we need to have answered and ask. And, um, and you know, the, the question I'd ask to uh, Miss Wilson is, how many emissions are you putting into the air by driving all over God's green earth to find this one emission? So, like, like you know, how, how big is your carbon footprint by trying to find this one? And you might say, well, this one, you know, um, outweighs what she's doing. Well, by order of magnitude of 10 to one or something like that. That's fine. But it's, it's, it's funny that the climate change folks, um, it's not their, their carbon footprint really doesn't matter to everyone else's. So, and also yeah. real quick, it went from CO2 to methane. So, you know, just, just to keep that in mind, it was CO2 at one time. That was the big boy. Now it's methane. So just, just saying there, whatever, whatever the oil industry is struggling with or trying to, uh, work on that's going to be the issue it, it seems to me yeah and, I, I'm uh, not, I'm not, and real quick i'm not saying that methane isn't more or less damaging to the environment what i'm saying is is that we get lectured that they know all this stuff and it's uh, it's settled science and then something new comes along and then they forget that they told us that three weeks ago or, or a year ago or or whatever so that's more of what i'm pointing out and so uh, another article in the in the vein of uh, some of the climate stuff, and this will be, I think, the last one we do. Um, Biden is considering a new White House office on climate change. So at one point he had AOC in uh, heading up uh, some policy. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be led by a 
Um, well, he doesn't have anybody yet. He does. He does. He has a uh, AOC and John Carrier on his. Um, oh gosh, they have they're on some committee or something for him. Um, but he's wanting a climate czar, and I'm I'm nominating myself for this position. I think I would be the best person in the world to monitor the climate. I will travel to remote destinations like Fiji to see what's going on there. I will suffer and go to the Grand Caymans. I, I will travel the world to make to take handheld temperature uh, checks, just like we do with the, with the COVID stuff. I'll take one of those little scanner deals, and I'll just go all over the world, just pop shots, just to make sure. I don't know. I don't know what the temperature is in, in China right now. How do I find out? I go. I've never been to Fiji. I need to go stand in that water to see if the water's warming or cooling, you know, when it comes up on your ankles. I got to see what mm. that's like. And I got to go multiple times to get different measurements, right? That's science. So I'm nominating myself. Well, you sound like uh, anyone else is going to do the job. You're just going <laughs> to... I mean... Use, use the office for uh, uh, less than sincere purposes. How? Can, well, well, no, I'm definitely sincere about going to Fiji. <laughs> how else can i know if the water is warming or cooling in fiji other than making hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of trips there a year like i need a private jet too i just actually have thrown that in there i can't fly commercial to me layovers and the man yeah, i mean you, you may you may end up delaying stuff and you know you, you may have increases in temperature that go unchecked. oh yeah listen i'm uh, looking for to... the slightest temperature change yeah, and you got to do that very, uh, very timely. Yeah, well, I mean, and listen, Josh, the private, the private plane cuts down my carbon footprint. See, I'm unlike Sharon. I'm being conscious. I want to go direct flights as much as possible to keep my carbon footprint down. So while I travel the world, I'm making sure that I'm I'm doing it in an efficient manager, uh, man, uh, uh, efficient way. So um, Biden, Hodge boy, um, Josh, do you want a position as my as my like, as assistant czar? Yeah, yeah. If, if Fiji's on there, you know, I think I think there's a lot of climate work needs to be done down that way. So uh, I'm 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 happy to to sacrifice for the greater good. Someone's got to do it, right? <laughs> Someone's got to do it. So uh, I mean, what else would you do as a climate czar? How else would you do that job than travel the travel the world? Yeah, it's hard to think. You know, I, I think that's just the best way to best way to do it. You know, if you want to be a man of the people and uh, get out and. Uh, Get some real feedback from folks. You know, how, how much hotter is it this year than it was last year? And uh, you know, get real feedback. But you've seen those those huts that are out in the the ocean. They're like you know four foot above the ocean. They're kind they're kind of like these resort huts. And you kind of go out there. I, I guess you got there by boat, and you kind of go stay in these huts in the ocean. And they come serve you like day and night, hand and foot. I I think I, that would be a great spot to measure water levels. You know, let's go out there for a week. You know, I can do some fishing, see how the fish are doing. So, see, I, I'm, I'm ready. Like, I am, I was built for this job, built for this job. So, um, yeah, so I think I should be the man for this. And if not, you're gonna get some communists in there who's gonna try to like destroy our industry. So, you know, just saying, yeah. Well, uh, in other news, uh, big news came up last week Chevron overtook ExxonMobil as America's largest oil company. Um, Ryan, I think, I think they are, uh, dancing, celebrating that they lost out on that, uh, in a Darko <laughs> deal because this would not have happened had that deal went, uh, another direction. So, no, that's, uh, that's an interesting point there. I didn't think about that. You know, if they'd bought in the, and if they'd gotten the Anadarko deal, um, you know, we've kind of joked about it, but I never have thought about, you know, something like this, what it would, 
look like and how Oxy would look. And so now in the long term, it might turn out that the Anadarko deal might work out for uh, for uh, Oxy. Can't think of it. But um, you know, it's interesting. DRW said on our show roundtable that he thinks it's. I think it was Exxon stock. Uh, I'll link to it in the show notes if you guys want to listen to it. But um, I think it's Exxon stock which should be worth ten dollars. I think I think that's what he said he valued their stock at. And um, you know, and I I think he had Chevron's lower too. I can't remember what it was, but um, you know. You talk about a, a substantial devaluation to go to Exxon to go to $10. They're, they've lost their spot. They're at 34 right now. They've lost their spot as you know, number one in America. I don't know if it's going to last forever. Um, you know, is this a, is this a true shift in the industry or is this, you know, something that's just because it's a bad decisions and, you know, Exxon will take over their, 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 you know, their top spot again. I don't know, but it's 2020, man. You know, Exxon got kicked off the Dow. So, you know, what a year. They kicked off the Dow Jones, and now they are um, number two. Second fiddle. Yeah. 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 I uh, I, I don't know, man. I, 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 no one could have planned or prepared for this. I think uh, being a little more fiscally responsible at some level may have helped, but how could you have How could you have known that, that, um, that it was going to play out like this? I mean, with, with the way things are going, it's – Unbelievable. Feel bad for them. I mean, they, they were uh, they were really killing it in the Permian. Um, they, they they developed some cube. Um, I think they called it cube development. And uh, all the all the people that that I was following were saying that they were uh, doing incredible work out there. So now they're in this position, and um, just hope hope that the uh, demand starts to come back sooner rather than later, and these companies can. Uh, start thriving again that would be that would be great to see well you know you makes you do wonder what's their risk tolerance going to be for the permian you know we kind of said that you know um you felt like the majors will eventually kind of dominate the permian and I, I still think that's probably true but you do wonder if they're going to sit and say well you know listen let's go back to offshore focus there it's a little bit more stable kind of longer lead a little bit slower pace kind of what we're used to i, I don't know i'm just wondering if you if you might see um, more of that shift moving forward um, because they, they might be the Permian a little bit, more, a little bit too risky now. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting call. Um, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure slower, steadier looks really nice right now. Uh, well, we got two articles uh, together that talk about the hurricane and some of the effects that it is having. Uh, I believe there's an article here with MRT that says hurricane closes 92% of Gulf of Mexico oil output and biggest shutdown in 15 years. This dates back to Hurricane Katrina when I believe it was 100 offshore platforms were uh, were taken offline. So uh, this is uh, I, I did see I did see gas prices go up just a, just a touch uh, after the, the hurricane. I'm curious to see what they're going to do this this coming week, but um, you know that these refineries are already trading down though. It's down at buck thirteen right now. Already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just can't have nothing nice. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey. Yeah. Usually, usually that'll have a little bit more yeah, of a delayed a, impact. A little bit of a bump there, but you know, you got 92%, you said 92% of the outputs off and like, nah, we're good. We don't need more. I think the, you know, 
listen, I, 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 don't, I don't know. No one knows. Um, so I'm not saying definitively, but I think the, the old bulls, especially for 2020, well, they're running out of time. You know, we're almost in mid-October right now, so they're, they're running out of time. Um, the concern is for 2021, you know, you know, at what point does this turn back over? And, you know, eventually it will happen, you would, you would presume, but it might not. It might just never, you know, it was, let's go back and look at the price, Josh. Let's just look at this real quick. So um, if I can get the historic price to pull up here, hold on. So if you go back and look, let's see here. All right, so here we go. This is, uh, this goes, this chart I'm looking at goes back to 2015, right? Yeah, let's see here. Oh, this is a terrible chart. Well, I can't get this chart to, to pull up. Um, what so I, was, I got, I got, uh, I was looking at WTI or just, uh, yeah, well, what I was trying to do, I'll try to use their, um, Hold on, I get pulled up here. Uh, we're back. So January of twenty, we were at sixty-one, sixty-eight. Right. So if we go back up five years, okay. Uh, uh, well, it's gonna be a little bit longer. Let's go. Let's do uh, ten years. There we go. So, you know, we hit one twenty. We hit. Uh, there it is. Okay. So June. 30th is kind of a rough date. We were at 106, right? Okay, we started going down. We bottomed out that last time, you know, in the in the 20s somewhere. Um, and then the highest we ever got back is 74, 75, it looks like. Okay. So from June, we went down. We had a slight rebound where we got to almost in the 60s. I can't really read this chart. It's kind of... Right out here. But anyways, uh, roughly in the 60s, and, or right right below 60, maybe. Yeah, 60, just over $60. Uh, then we went down to you know 26 or whatever it is there. Uh, then we came back up, and we hit 75, okay? And then we went back down to, you know, we, you know, we kind of started trending downward. And we stayed, you know, 2019, we stayed in the 50s most of the year. We were in the 60s a little bit, but the 50s a lot of the year, right? Kind of, kind of got sloshed along there. Okay, so if you kind of look back since the price has collapsed and you look at, um, you know, how many times we crossed the $70 threshold, it's not been a lot. And then you look at how many times we crossed the $60 threshold. Well, there's a period from uh, December of 17 through October of 18 where we're above 60 that's it. Now we, 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 bounce above there for uh, a month in March of last year. We bounce above there a little bit in September and a little bit in uh, the end of December. So there's a few times we bounce over there. Um, and then in 15, we bounce above there. So there's a few times we've kind of bounced above it momentarily, but the longest period we've had above 60 is from what I say from seven to from uh, January of 18 to November of 18, whatever it was for December of 18. So that, that eight, nine month period. Other than that, it's been below 60. So is it going to come back above 60 substantially in the, in the near future? And I say near future, next year to two years? It's hard to think how that happens, right? It's hard for me to see how it happens. The only thing I could see would be potentially uh, you see a lot of bankruptcies, a lot of layoffs. 
Um, I don't think it's going to happen necessarily, but I'm just giving you a, a scenario sure. where you have a lot of layoffs. A lot of companies um, are taken offline and all, all of a sudden starts to have a dip and in, in, uh, in supply and prices start to go up. And all of a sudden there's this uh, demand for oil that is not being met because the supply is down and companies have uh, mobilization uh, problem of getting getting mobilized enough where they can start supplying the the needed demand for oil. If that happens, the price could go up temporarily, you know, pretty high until it's met, and then it would go back down. So the only way I would see it going higher than that would be a spike that would cause people to drill it back down again. Well, okay, so I don't just, go ahead. I was about to say, I don't necessarily, the issue is, is that there's so many companies that have all this excess supply that could fill in this gap. That's going to be the problem. Even if, even if there is a, a issue with being able to mobilize all these countries um, are ready to fill in any, right. any lack, it seems that we, that we might have. Right. So let's see here. The rig count was up three to 269 um on friday according to baker hughes and so i don't know if i can pull up the uh i don't know what their new name is inveris or whatever um let's see if i can pull up their rig count yeah um so their rig count is saying that they, they're saying they have 320 320 rigs and then if you go back through the year um, let's see here. So in January, we were up to 800. This is according to drilling info. We're up to 824. We bottomed out somewhere, according to drilling info, around 265, 64, something like that. And then now we're already back up to 320. As we bottomed out, according to them, back in June. So we're up, what's that? Um, 40 and another 20, 60 rigs, something like that. Yeah, so we're up 60 rigs since June. So as the price goes up, the rig count is going back up. And so it's not, it's not, it's not skyrocketing. And so I think what you're saying is, well, you know, as the demand comes back, unless we drill it down, which it doesn't appear we're, we're not drilling it down, obviously, it's saying around 40. Um, but as it comes back up, there, there is, you know, increase in rigs, which will probably keep it leveled off. And so that's the and then and then you got the, the whole duck debate which is how many of the ducks are viable will they be put online all that kind of stuff and so um i just i want to be wrong um but I, I i'm at this point i don't think we get through 2021 um without a lot more pain coming our way because to your point um there's there's the international folks who are going to be sitting here ready to drill, increase their drilling, who need to drill, who have, you know, look at something like Nigeria, their break-even price is estimated like 120 or $30 a barrel. So, you know, they're always looking to drill. <laughs> you know? They're always looking to drill. So um, I don't know. We, we'll see. We'll see. But um, the economy would really have to get booming globally. And I just don't think we're, I don't think that's going to happen either. I don't care who wins the election. I don't think that's going to happen either. So um, this is, October 12th, if I'm wrong, you can email me and tell me I'm wrong in a few months and we'll see. But I just, um, you know, I would refer everyone to the show webinar. So you can go watch that we'll link to it. You can, go, you can go pick up that and watch it and kind of get those those folks take as well. Yeah. So uh, as of today, 
my thoughts are on the economy coming back and uh, oil price. Uh, this is uh, we're not doing end of year predictions or anything, but um, I think I think oil is probably going to hang. I was thinking it would go higher uh, earlier earlier in the year, but I was a little nervous at this point. I'm thinking all the way through 2021. Uh, I don't see us. I don't really see it getting over you know 50, 55 very much. I, I I know that people said that, but with the whole international stage, it's hard for me to see that happening at this point. And then as far as the economy goes, I think internationally the economy is going to be uh, stifled. I don't necessarily think think Great Depression, but stifled for you know, at least at least another year, year and a half. Um, and that's optimistic, I think. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah. No, I think you're right. And I think one of the things that's hard to kind of quantify is if you start following the international headlines what you'll find is is you know we have problems here in america uh, internally there's a lot of nations that have a lot of internal problems infighting and kind of some of the stuff that we're seeing here uh that's not counting the kind of geopolitical um maneuvering that's going on between china and various african nations european union stuff like that so there's a lot i do think there will be a push to try to remedy some of that stuff uh you know print a bunch of money and sending sending it to emerging markets but um, but the potential for infighting and outfighting, if you will, um, is, is there. And, um, I'm not sure how long it takes to resolve that. Will our presidential election kind of put some of those things to bed? Because on some level, that's kind of holding it up. You know, will Trump get four more years? Will Biden get, you know, uh, his first four? Um, I, I don't know, but we kind of get, kind of got to get over that hurdle, but there's no guarantee come November 3rd or December 3rd, we find out who the president is because it'll take probably a month to sort through all this mess um, that that's going to fix a lot of these international problems. And so um, if those problems aren't fixed, then you're going to see, um, you know, a, a slow recovery globally. And the final thing I say is, is just follow China and the debt that they're owed from various emerging markets and the pressure on them to not pay it, to, to not collect that debt. And so that's going to be an interesting battle to see how people leverage that against China. Yeah, I have uh, I have some serious, you know, questions about all that because there's there's so much there's so much going on. Like you mentioned, the international stage is just so diverse, and uh, a, a lot of what a lot of how this is going to play out depends on a lot of moving parts, like you like you mentioned. Uh, and I'm just I'm I'm ready to I'm eager to see it play out. I'm ready for the election to be done. That way, on our side, it kind of we can start actually making some serious. I don't know if plans are just um, understanding the situation we're in because it could go um, either way. We're going to have a, a, a challenge and uh, and we just need to know kind of how best to plan for it. And, and honestly, with the, the policies are going to be in place, there's going to be different different ways to to plan a to plan a, a strategy to um, moving forward. So it, it'll definitely be something to watch. I think too. Uh, there's an article that, that came out with MRT where it says that uh, oil pairs gains with stimulus doubts, threatening uh, demand rebound. So I don't know. Uh, I I watch when news reports something about the stimulus, and if there's something that makes it look like it's possible that it's going to go through, all of a sudden you'll see oil prices go up, you'll see stocks go up, and then the tr- uh, you know uh, Trump Twitter he will uh, he'll say something like, <laughs> "Let's stop." doing all negotiations for the stimulus deal and oil prices will drop and stocks will bomb and uh, 
just like, man, this this guy has more control over the stocks than the Fed does. But just uh, just a tweet, um, unreal. But anyway, uh, I wonder, I wonder about that. Seeing the stimulus uh, conversation and how much impact it has on um, the economy, and it just makes me wonder. At some point, there's not going to be a stimulus option, and somebody's have to pay the piper at that point. I I, I don't know. Uh, I just don't know, man. There, there's so many, like this, this is another, another instance where, uh, if we don't pass another stimulus, what's going to happen. And if yeah. we do, what's going to happen in three months when they need another one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I think you're, I think you're, uh, <laughs> you're onto something there because the, and I don't, I hadn't looked at where they're at right now. I know Trump was out and he's back in and he's out and he's back in. I, I don't know. Uh, it seemed to be part of the holdup was the airline industry. And of course the airline industry doing good is for, you know, good for us. Um, but I, I'm not in favor of another airline bailout. You know, we've bailed them out um, back in whenever it was April, May, I can't remember. And that was to get them to the end of the uh, September. And so that kind of time frames up. And so now you're seeing these talks of furloughs and layoffs and, and stuff like that. And so um the PPP and the stimulus money that was originally injected into the economy was mainly, and I'm not making a political statement here. It's just more of a, a factual statement. It was mainly to prevent the um, unemployment numbers from really going bonkers. Because when they shut down the economy, if they wouldn't have injected any money into the economy, the unemployment would have been catastrophic, right? It would it, it would right. be catastrophic. And again, not taking a political side here, but Trump would have had no shot to, to re it would have been over. You know, it'd been over. You know, you could have seen potential civil unrest in the streets and all kinds of stuff. So, I'm not saying you should have done it. Should have done it. I'm just saying that's just the the numbers would have been staggering because you shut down the economy. All these people would have been out of job. All these airline workers. Um, okay, well that that time has come and gone. And what we did was we said we're going to give out stimulus money or PPP money or whatever it is while we're keeping the economy shut down. But then when the when the money was uh, by the time the money ran out, they have not really opened up the economy. Fully, uh, we're starting to get kind of you know spots where it seems to be more fully opened or whatever. I think Texas uh, Governor Abbott was bragging about letting bars open back up. Uh, communist, um, I was like, oh, thanks, thanks Abbott, really, really appreciate you helping us out there. Um, but you know, you get to the point to where now that money's out, and it's like, well, it, we're you know the airlines are saying we need money to get to next March. Well, what guarantee is it that that people are going to be flying in March or by March? or that we don't have mass shutdowns across the states over the winter. So, you know, the stock market reacting to the stimulus news, if there was a stimulus deal, and if it does put the airlines on a six month, uh, six more months down the line, that's good for the people working for the airlines. And so I'm, I'm happy for them in the sense that they're not unemployed, like you're happy for anyone not employed, but for the, for the economic impact and stuff like that, the country is not a good thing. Um, and so what do you do six months from now? If no one's flying, those people should have potentially lost their job. As cruel as that sounds, that's what should have happened. Um, and so, I think as you as you're saying that the, the 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 market is reacting to the news. The problem is the news really isn't telling you anything other than the government's just printing more money to prop up things instead of doing what it actually should do, which is allow us to return to normal living. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's yeah. that's what they should do. And so. You know, we're, 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 you know, we're, we are feeding ourselves poison um, and saying, oh, let's get some more poison over here and, and, and assume that's going to work. And it just, it just won't work. Um, so anyways. 
Yeah. And that's, that's going to be the question is going to be, um, will the, will, will the economy be allowed to, to, to work? Um, I think going back what they did with the economy, um, it forced them to have to print money because you, you can't do one and not do the other. Uh, they shouldn't have ever, they shouldn't have ever shut it down the way they did, uh, in my opinion. But, um, at this particular point, as, as we went through that, I think the WHO, I think they came out over the weekend and they said, um, we are against the lockdowns because the economic impact is too, uh, too tragic. Uh, so it, it, it's too significant. Um, and so it ends up hurting people too much to shut down the economy. So ha having a, a national lockdown or a lockdown of a state, you know, the World Health Organization is saying that's not the best thing to do for the health of the people because the economic strain is just too great. Um, so now that now that we're here and people have figured out something that was clearly obvious back then, I don't know if surges in the winter are going to have people like Como trying to, you know, lock down again. Um, it, is it, it may be one of those things where people are sick of it and they're not going to abide it anymore. Well, uh, but I mean, to your hold on. I mean, I don't know if you saw the story or not, and I don't want to get too far off the strap road trip, but you know. He's shutting down, Como is shutting down uh, religious gatherings. Um, there's a Jewish community up there, and I don't, I don't fully understand mm. all the inner workings, but he's shutting down some of that and, you know, telling them people that they need to stay at home, um, you know, while he's getting op-eds written on him about, or, or columns written about him, about him and his $3 while he lives in the governor's mansion. You know, it's like, <laughs> good night. Um, so, yeah, I, I do, I do, that's going to be the question with the election is, you know, if, if Biden wins and he wins the way the polls are talking, then from an economic standpoint, it's hard to see how we don't have more shutdowns because that's part of what the Democrats want to do. Whether you agree with that or not, that's just kind of what they're wanting to do. If Trump wins and he wins big, then you would assume the lockdowns would be over by and large because the political will to, to hold people down would be gone. Right. Yep. Well, uh, we got a couple stories for our Texas roundup. Uh, first, uh, let's get the bad news out of the way. Pioneer Natural Resources lays off 300 across Irving and Permian operations. So, uh, you know, um, yeah, I just hate to see it. Uh, three, 300 layoffs. And, and that is a, a lot of the people are, you know, oil field workers out in, out in the Permian. Uh, also many in urban where, where they're based. So sad to see that. Uh, Libya, this is uh, some news, international Libya to resume oil production at largest field amid Honestly. talks. Uh, so uh, I got an article here. The September 8th breakthrough was the result of a so-called Libyan dialogue led by Hamad Matik. And uh, let's see, there's another one. Corporation's announcement comes three weeks after Hifter, who was behind a year-long military attempt to capture the capital, Tripoli, announced an end to a blockade of the nation's vital oil fields. So it's been a lot of unrest in Libya, but it looks like they are planning to resume oil production uh, there in Libya. And then uh, last but not least, I may have mentioned this one last week. I think I may have skipped it because yeah. we may have went over we Caterpillar. Yeah, we, we, we covered it last week briefly. The Caterpillar? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought we did. I thought so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, okay. Is, um, I think that's it, right, Josh? 
Yep, yep, that covers all of it. All right, War Room newsletter, link to that in the show notes if you want a chance to win a copy of either the sound books or hear my interview with Jackie Daly or DRW, hear why I got kicked off LinkedIn. Um, it was an interesting time. We'll link to that in the show notes. And until we will be back. Hey, hold on real quick. Did you see my Stephanie the intern taking off two weeks? Did you read the email? Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. I, I, I who gave her vacation time? I don't know, man. It's like. That's a risky. I mean, she didn't even ask. She's like, I'm taking off. Like, that's, that's a pretty bold strategy for an intern. It is. It is. Especially with how much money we pay her. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a risky proposition. That's a risky proposition. And so, I, 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 you know, whatever. I mean, I guess shoot or shoot. We'll see how it plays out for us. So, uh, Stephanie, I don't know when you're – she said she's taking off in two weeks or for two weeks. I wasn't quite sure. but um, I think it was in two weeks, but it may have been four. Yeah, so uh, that means, like, not next week, but the next week, I, I think. So, anyways. Anyways, so, you know, if you're out on the roads and you see Stephanie the intern, you know, not working, then don't be surprised. She's taking after Josh Shelton. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> until next time, keep climbing.